0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Pink Shade with Erin Martin. It is Bunky Day. My Bunky, Mary Payne Gilbert, is with us to recap 90 Day Fiancé Before the 90 Days and Love After Lockup. Hey, Mary Payne. Good morning. Good, good morning. morning. Uh, it was a big episode for both shows this week, and uh, but we're going to keep it moving because we All have it. been, you know, I feel like these recaps at some point
1: will be like four hours in length, and that's just, <laughs> I
0: don't think that's good for anybody.
1: I know. It's like, how is a show two hours, but we could talk about it for six? Or a show is one hour. We're like, we're into hour three of discussing the one-hour show. We should, maybe people aren't that interested in hearing us talk that long.
0: Well, to be fair, I mean, we could talk for at least one solid hour just about Starcy. Right? Just about the (sighs) Stace and Darce situation. However, we can't. We can't dedicate that much time to it. We will talk more about Everything in detail over on our Patreon, heybunky.com. I'm sorry, patreon.com slash heybunky. We don't have a heybunky.com. although, guess what? Uh-oh. We are going to have <laughs> Bunky gear for sale in a store very soon, and we'll be announcing that uh, at a later date. It's not quite ready, but it's getting there. And uh, don't forget, I announced last week, but I will mention it again, that Mary Payne is flying out to the Midwest, She is staying in my guest room where I will be hanging a lot of word art all around before she gets here Mm -hmm. and we will be going to the Countess Luann's Countess and Friends show on November 8th in Madison it's at the Orpheum Theater in Madison tickets are available online if you just look up Countess and Friends Madison Wisconsin November 8th but beforehand we're having a bunkie meetup I'm still nailing down a location for all the bunkies we've gotten a lot of interest so I think people will be driving in Curling up what they got, walking over. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be really fun. We'll have swag. We'll have drinks. And um, we'll have each other. So, yeah, yeah,
1: November 8th. You can also straighten out what you got if you don't want to curl it up. You can straighten it out. You can do. And if you're me, you can curl up what you got, but by the end of the night, it looks like you straightened out what you got. (laughs) Me, you can straighten it out and frizz it out, whichever one. (laughs) You can do. Bring your personal fan and just get ready. It's going to be super
0: fun. I can't wait.
1: I hope I need my personal fan and not my personal heater because now you've scared me to death about the polar coaster. I really think the polar
0: coaster isn't going to be in effect by then, but if it is, then maybe we'll bring our personal heaters, which is something else that I'm looking into. I need all I need personal devices of every ilk at this point. That's my my body is now requiring its own temperature control system wherever I go. I'm realizing that at this age. I can't be in just what the room is set to. Yeah, it's going to just get worse. I'm sorry. I'm here to tell you. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. You guys who aren't on the Hey Bunky Patreon yet, if you do join up, first of all, you get an extra recap every week, but you also get to join our exclusive Hey Bunky Facebook group where we have full entire comment threads about our... uh, hot
1: flashes,
0: (laughs) our word art, uh, our our secret word art that we may or may not have that we only admit to one another, you know, things like that. Really important life stuff is going on over there, not just talking about these shows. (laughs) Just FYI.
1: I can't remember where I saw today, but somebody, you know, posted a picture of something. But in the foreground of the picture was the person's arm where she had word art tattooed on her inner forearm you know, kind of like uh elbow down to wrist that said, be in the moment in cursive. And it went from crook of the elbow all the way down to the wrist. Be in the moment in cursive. And I'm like, if that was on my arm, I could not be in the moment. I mean, every minute it was like, scare me to death. Like, what's on my arm? Oh, I was supposed to be in the moment. Now I'm scared. I listen, don't put word art on your body. It's just, it's akin to putting like a name of a boyfriend on your body. Don't do it. I think I have a lot of friends who have word art on
0: their body and I really like it actually, you know, cause like people have these sayings that mean a lot to them or, you know, well, a tiny,
1: I- a tiny little thing, but something that's covered your whole forearm. You're okay
0: with it. I'm okay with it. I'm okay right. with it because I think there are some, you know, there's some things that you really want to hold on to. However, I, so I've always wanted to get a tattoo, multiple tattoos. And my friend, one of my very good friends said, as soon as you get one, and she started getting them in her thirties, like later, she's like, you can't stop. And that was my fear because I do have that addict personality. I was like, I will be the person eventually with the umbrella under my eye catching tears or some shit. You know what I mean? Like I could picture myself not ah. stopping. Mm. as the only reason. Otherwise, yeah, I'd probably be covered head to toe with word art. And I'd be fine with
1: it. I have a tattoo. I am not against tattoos. I just think one big word art thing on your arm that you may change your mind on when you're 60. And now you've got this big black letters across the front of your arm. That's like the only tattoo on this person was this huge, like look like a home good sign.
0: We need to pause and backtrack a moment. Mary Payne, you have a tattoo you need to explain to the pink shade bunkies where it is (laughs) and what it is right now.
1: What if I said, well, it goes across my back and says, live, laugh, love.
0: <laughs> Does it say gather?
1: <laughs> gather here on my uh, rear end. No. Um, it's fall, y'all. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um I saw so much bad word art that had all this like hocus pocus and it's, you know, wine time witches and all these. Oh my God. Um, I am here for the
0: fall word art. I'm going to say, I'm going to defend the hocus pocus word art. I'm going to put some up and I'm just
1: saying, get ready when you come here, get ready. Oh, I'm, right. I'm I'm terrified of what you're going to do. So um, the tattoo that I have is on my back and it is uh, a Daisy. And then uh, I got that when I was 30 years old with my friend Gigi, and then she got a little heart. And then when my friend Mary from here that I talk about all the time came to visit me in Mississippi, because I got this tattoo in Mississippi, um, I had moved back there from D.C., and she came to visit me in Mississippi and was like, well, now I'm jealous. I want one, too. She also was like 30, 31. So we went to Squinches. That's where you go, Squinches. And um, she got herself a tattoo, which is like a little fish that kind of looks like... Um, kinda of looks like Nemo. And she put that on the front side of like her hip. And I just didn't want to be outdone. So I added on to my tattoo, like a little stem with some <laughs> greenery on it. And uh do I regret it? Uh yes, I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you could always like add on to it like a little person on the right and on the left with a, one with a gun to their head, the other one stabbing themselves in the eye. You know, like inspired by Daniel.
1: I could. I could. Um, no, mine is not quite that level. Mine's a, you know, I was professionally done and it is very pretty. And of course, it's never seen the light of day. Um, so it's still in perfect condition. But um, I have talked to my friends a lot Somehow, at age like in our you know late forties and fifty, everybody wants to get one tiny tattoo. Like everybody is. This is like we talk about this constantly. My friend Ingrid has a great idea. She's a um, musician. She plays the violin, and she wants this one where when she's playing violin, it's like on the inside of one of her fingers, like a musical note. So that's a great idea. Um, I you know as as prudish as you think I am, I am not against. The tattoos. I'm just against something giant on your arm in letters like Sheena Shea, it's all happening. You're probably going to regret that. Or something giant under your chin, right? Um, my Bloody Valentine under your chin is not great unless you are really very confident in your beard growing ability. Exactly. Which,
0: Daniel, I don't think he has much confidence in that. But we will, we're we going to get to him when we get to Love After Lockup. We are going down the tattoo wormhole, mm. which takes us to Love After Lockup, of course. But we need to start with 90 Day before okay. the 90 days. So let's begin. Should we start with Ben and Akini? Sure. Okay. Yes bless him take me to church this is the take me to church episode reminiscent of Tarek and hazel in the philippines except it wasn't like a six-hour situation
1: did we know that her dad was a minister i I don't i don't recall knowing that i think
0: we did or maybe i just dreamt that i knew it already because we'd seen previews of him preaching we know that ben is studying to be a minister. Because mm-hmm. we saw him singing his hymns and we saw his multiple post-it notes. And I, I don't know, is that why the interest is kind of there? He's like, well, she comes from a family. She's a pastor's kid and I'm studying to be a minister. So it'll all be okay.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. So maybe so. So maybe somewhere along the line, we did know. I mean, I was—I I remember seeing a, a photo of the father and thinking he looks very menacing um, you know, in the picture, but he looked like a businessman because he had like a suit, you know? Right. But we saw him preaching the word of the Lord this week. And oh, we sure uh, did.
0: It was very Pentecostal It was very familiar to me. I had no problem with it, <laughs> but Ben was sitting there like, this is not how my church is. And he was terrified, sweating and kind of purple the whole time. Like he was, he was pretty much a shade of purple to fuchsia throughout the service.
1: Yeah, we start off getting to see him in all his glory in the bathroom in his farmer's hand. And this is before he went to church and he was getting ready in the bathroom. What, I mean, that has got to be the world's smallest bathroom. How they're getting a camera in there with him, I don't know. But it's enough. Like, we get it. We get it. We don't need him in the bathroom anymore. Um, so we go to this kind of small, run-down church situation. But So the dad is speaking English in his screaming preaching, but the translator is screaming speaking in Kenyan You know, is that a language? Don't at me. I don't know. But so I'm wondering, like, do they do part of this? Were they doing that because Ben was there and they normally are speaking their other language? I don't know. That's interesting.
0: I'm not sure. It's Swahili, it says, or British Kenyan is spoken from their colonial rule. So almost everybody knows Kenya. By the way, when I look up Kenya, um, the only thing that comes up is Kenya Moore,
1: first of all.
0: (laughs) from Real Housewives of Atlanta, which is hilarious. I'm like, even Google's like, yeah, no, the country is secondary to Real Housewives, please.
1: The Google is like, this woman is not looking up uh, geographical locations for a missing trip. She wants to know what's happening with Kenya's divorce. Okay.
0: Exactly. Um, no, Swahili, I was, th- was going to say Swahili, um, but yeah. So, but they, it's both, it's both. It's kind of like, I guess, probably quebec as they say, where it's French and English, both. Anyway, yeah, there, he can understand what's going on at least. I think that wasn't Tarek's experience in the six hour church service or the five hour oh, or three hour. Yeah, he had no, no like, clue yeah, just, what was <laughs> going on. He was just getting yelled at. But Ben, t- he's he deals with it and he is just a sweaty ass mess by the end of it. He does go up to her father. He's not allowed to sit with her. The women and the men are separated because of hormones, mm-hmm. says so Akini. Control the hormones. Control the hormones, which is something I really wish for myself. And they are separated the entire time. So Ben has to take it upon himself to, you know, shake hands with dad at the end. And he has no idea still why dad didn't show up that night when he was supposed to. But we hear from Akini while this awkward like handshake is going on that his dad, that her dad didn't show up because He wanted Ben to meet the elders of the church first. And I'm like, why wasn't that explained beforehand? This does not seem like it. It doesn't make sense to me. She was fully expecting him to show up that night. You could tell. Yeah. And she was given no information about him wanting, you know, Ben to meet the elders first. I think that's just a story she was told
1: afterwards. Yeah, I mean, this is like a, it's like a puzzle you have to put together, but it's like all the pieces are shifting all the time. I mean, you know, he says, I don't know why she just can't give me a play-by-play of how things will go. You know, I'm tired of these surprises, but I'm like, she's surprised too, you know? I know. So, well, another surprise. Surprise, Ben.
0: Ben, man, sucks to be Ben for real this whole time. For, For real. (laughs) <laughs> when i look at all the stories going on like it sucks to be ben the most he is to go to the house afterwards and he is to meet with all of the elders of the church he is still sweating profusely as would i be without a personal mm-hmm. fan or anything to help me
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. full sweat full full sweat full head to toe they grill him on everything he gets called out for being a white and a for, white and for being divorced and mm-hmm. they talk about how marriage is forever. And obviously that wasn't the case for him, but how is it going to be now with the Kini? And after the end of the, like this major grilling session, they finally say, okay, we give you our blessing. And they talk about a bride price and where that comes from in the Bible, the story of Isaac and Rebecca, mm-hmm. Isaac going to Rebecca's family and presenting jewels and gold and being serious about her. And therefore, that's where the notion of the bride price comes from for them. Uh, But they don't discuss what that bride price is. And we know that Ben has
1: like a dollar and some ramen noodles to his name. Yeah. Akini says, you know, uh, so, so I did appreciate that the dad did say about Ben, like, He did the right thing. He came all the way here to talk to me in person about getting my permission. So he's done all the right things. And um, then he's talking about the bride price. And uh, the dad says, well, you know, if he's serious, he will pay the bride price. Akini says in her to the camera, she says, it doesn't matter if he goes broke, dry, broke, broke completely. I was like, "Uh, uh, uh, okay, but then how are you going to get over there and live if he's dry, broke completely? I mean, you know.
0: Oh, they don't they just need him to give them some kind of gift at this point. I mean Ben really does need to get it together with the small gifts. Yes, yes. His bride price is being is gonna be discussed and he still hasn't even given anyone like a things remembered frame.
1: Or like, here's some flowers, thanks for having me for dinner. Right, right. Or I'm
0: here's a chicken, you know, like Corey did with Evelyn, like I'm mm-hmm. here, you know, for the dinner. I don't know. I mean, he it, it, they're, they're putting the pressure on him. Fine. But this is their tradition. This, this is their culture. That's what they're doing. And he has no skills. <laughs> <He> has zero <laughs> skills. Oh, my God. It's the worst. All Bless right. Can him. we move on to Tim and Jennifer and just get them out of the way? Because I could not be more annoyed with these two, particularly with Tim.
1: I was about to say, you're annoyed with these two or just Tim? Because, I mean, okay, so let's just do this. They go to Jennifer's, they go see Jennifer's dad on the farm, okay? The dad's the most important. She's a daddy's girl. And and their relationship seems very sweet. And she said Tim is just really not the working type. And they're walking to the farm, and why they are parked so far away, probably just for drama. And they're walking, he's like, Oh, I'm stepping on cow shit. And oh, you know, and she was like, Oh, you overreact. You act like a pussy.
0: She calls him a pussy every five <laughs> seconds. And then she's like, I want him to dominate me, that fucking pussy. <laughs> it is crazy. He is wearing a tragic tank top, per usual. Oh,
1: God. And
0: he is just carrying like an Ed Hardy bag. I don't even know what's going on with him. He is so decked out to go to this farm. I'm like, oh my God, his eyebrows are on point. It's so ridiculous. These two are just playing it up for the cameras. They are not a match. They are not a match.
1: I know the dad. So they get there and the dad's like, I I want him to show me that he could work on the farm. I'm like, why is he taking it over? Like, what does it matter?
0: This felt so soft scripted, right? Uh, Yes,
1: yes. I said, they're fully punking him. They decided beforehand, what can we do to make him look even more stupid? So they put this giant Ghostbusters thing on his back that is the same weight as he is. And he has to bathe the cattle to get rid of the lice. Oh, the delousing. Let the delousing commence. So then they're like joking with him about castrating the cow. Of course, I mean, that you're not going to let some stranger come in and perform a medical act on your cow. I mean, it's so stupid. So the dad does say, you know, to the camera that they're very different people and I'm not really sure how to work, but she and her dad are walking. And this is when I was like, I think they really do have a nice relationship. And she says to her dad that he is lovely in many ways. He's very responsible. She thinks he's interesting. And the dad basically tells her, you know, you've been hurt before you had this bad marriage. You need to take it slow and analyze it and blah, blah, blah. So Then she says to the camera that the person she met online and the person who's there with her, they're very different. He still hasn't tried to kiss her. I wrote, what the fuck, Timothy? I mean, come on.
0: His sling blade ass cannot get it together. He is so awkward at this point. It is beyond repair. I mean, by the time they get to this bedroom scene, Mary Payne, I was I couldn't even look directly at the screen. And I can look at anything. I I get all up in the mouth holes. I freeze frame stuff. You know, I'm in. I'm taking screenshots Um. for recaps. I can't, I can hardly even look at them when they're in that bed. And he's like, you want to go to second base? Mm -hmm." (laughs)
1: Listen, listen. They went on that little walk and they're sitting by the fountain. Oh, yeah, that's right. The kiss. Sorry. Yeah, she's half a centimeter from his face. (laughs) And it's like, so, you know, how do you feel about me? Blah, blah, blah. And he, you know, he's like, well, I'm really loving you a lot lately. She's like seductively eating this ice cream. Like I wrote, she is eyeball fucking him. Like she is like, please, please. So he finally kisses her, and they're both, they both say to the camera, like, oh, first kiss, it was so good. Oh, I liked it. It was worth the wait, blah, blah, blah. And in all the pictures and everything, their little camera time, he's completely got his hand like up her side boob. So I'm like, all right, at least maybe he's got some feeling in there, like he's trying to do something. And then, you know, <laughs> this is a consensual relationship. Like she is saying, I am ready for this. And he's like, well, I don't wanna, you know. So, anyway, they get to the thing, they talk about Netflix and chill. And he's like, you do know what the chill part means. She was like, uh, yeah, let's do it. Oh my God. So, he says, you know, in the next three weeks, they have a lot to figure out. He loves her so much, but he's scared of her. And then they talk about how they've been hurt before, blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, he's like, I don't want
1: my heart broken again. I don't want your heart broken. It's
0: like, really, dude, you have a broken heart? I don't think so. Like, Something's wrong with this dude. There are many things wrong with him. He's just, he's not all there when it comes to this relationship or maybe any relationship.
1: I think he is afraid to be on, I think he's afraid to be on camera and have her then be like, well... Uh, It was a two out of a 10, but there's time to practice more or it was too quick or his body's not great. and He didn't dominate me. I mean, you know, I think he's too afraid, like Mm, maybe to have his to have his ego bruised for what would happen afterwards. Like he's like, maybe once the cameras are not filming us, then we can do it. So you don't have anybody to tell it to, you know, which, to be fair, is horrifying.
0: Like if someone yes. was, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But oh my God, him talking to her and the awkward in bed and even the kiss on the street. And he's like, I'm loving you right now. And she's like, okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. And then he talks about what a second base to you. And she's like, I don't know, like touch here and here. He's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay.
1: You want to go there? I'm like, who says these things? Why are you discussing it? why is there so much discussion? And he says to the camera, he goes, I've heard that, you know, the Latin men are just beast in the bedroom. So I'm very insecure. I was like, You have worked yourself into such a tizzy over this situation. Even when he called his friend, his friend was like, uh, you just need to do it, man. I mean, this is stupid. I mean, his friend's like, what? Make a move on it, man. (laughs) His friend's like, (gasps) you're embarrassing yourself and all of us at this point. All right. So let's just move on from them.
0: They're just an awkward weirdo couple that who knows what the fuck is going to happen with them. Let's talk about Caesar and the fakeness, the fucking fakery that we were subjected to this week.
1: It was bad. The fakery was bad. And normally I try to like to suspend disbelief and be like, oh my gosh, this is, I'm sure that a lot of this did happen. No. Mm-mm. No. I mean, down to the resort goers
0: strolling by his <gasps> dinner for two and being like, oh, Caesar. Hey, reading lines from their palm written down in ballpoint pen. Hey, didn't see you there. Hey, what's up? Where's your where's your fiance? I was like, shut the front door. This is ridiculous.
1: That was so annoying. I'm like, those producers just found them in the bar and were like, we will get this round. If you will, please just <laughs> walk over here. Pretend that you're walking. by." There's not one person walking by. It's not like an open beach area. They would have to go into the restaurant and be like, "Oh, whoops, we happen to be walking by." <laughs> so stupid. So he says today should be the greatest day of his life. But after five years and all the money, they broke up, and it's a damn nightmare. What? And he's just texting her that he loves her, and he says, "I'm all alone now." I was like, "You were all alone before. You have never seen her."
0: <laughs> no, he has been filming with a bag of edible panties on his bed, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. And also, like, random resort goers. But then we see a preview for next week that he is like, I'm going to
1: fly to the Ukraine now to get her back. I'm like, shut up. Yes. So, I mean, the the, the best part about his was that he said, I'm eating all my failures. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Know, which we could all
0: relate to so hard.
1: <laughs> yes. Of course, I was like mid-bite of a toastito, like, I, too, am eating my failures. These are <laughs> I. Understand. So then he says, as he's sitting there and he has a moment with himself at at dinner. He gets up, you know, halfway through the salad course, and he goes, "You know, I just thought about it. And the reason she went and texted me for three days was because she knew the ticket was canceled." I was like, "You just thought about that?" This is so dumb. I know. He's like,
0: "Wait." So and then he pretends to be mad. He's like, "You know what?" I'm done. I'm done. I gotta say, I'm done. And I'm like, oh my God, this is why you haven't gotten any acting jobs from your IMDb. Also, you're posing in front of like weird half empty nail polish bottles on your picture. But it, it's so bad. I'm actually
1: angry at this story at this point. It's it's the fakest fake of all the fakes we've seen, I think. It's terrible. I think. I and mean, we might think of one, but this, it's, it's pretty bad. It's
0: pretty, pretty bad. okay. Can we talk about something that uh, is just one of my favorite things ever is just seeing Zied in his natural habitat. Mm-hmm. I work so much work. He my—he my, He's actually my favorite now. He is my fucking favorite. I don't I know how this him. happened. I love him, too. Like, it's almost like a Swellu level love for him that I have at this point. Oh, OK. Well, i that's really taken it. Pretty far, because you are you do you do love Ismailo? I do. I will do anything for him. I mean, we're getting there. I work so much work. I work so much work. I'm like, yeah, fist bump, dude. So do I. <laughs> and nobody yeah. understands it, including my husband. He's like, what do you do all day? I'm like, I work so much work. Yes, 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 yes. 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 So
1: beautiful. So we open with a glorious shot of him combing his hair, and. There's nothing better than Ziad in his full glory with his greasy hair, just getting his greasy. I mean, I think he like dips that comb in some grease and just slicks it on back. So that, that was a wonderful way for us to open our scene with Ziad.
0: I know. And his tight little sweaters, which I've also grown to love. Yeah. He's just everything. And then we find out though, Rebecca is doing a background check on him as if her ass shouldn't be the one getting background checked
1: <laughs> she's the one that's got all the secrets but so that melanie her pi boss says you know he has no criminal history that's good he's 26 we know that um he's never been married that's great but no job is listed does he work rebecca says he's a tv audience coordinator okay so he goes around and recruits people to be in tv audiences i'm like what tv show is this
0: for like talk shows or something i actually wrote down the most messed up phrase i said is he a crowd supplier for talk shows like i didn't even know what his job was not that i'm questioning you yet like i believe that you work so much work but uh when we heard earlier that he has an imdb page two right doesn't he where he's like an actor or trying to get jobs. Is he somehow in the entertainment and industry via being like the hype man
1: for crowds on live shows? I I can't imagine him hyping anybody up. Me neither. But I can imagine him being like, oh, your seat is 3C. (laughs) Oh, you need to move over because her seat is 3D. So comfortable. Yes, 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 yes. everyone be quiet until the hype man comes out. So, um... (laughs) You know, she says that all this is very worrisome because her last husband was a 23-year-old man from Morocco, and he was just using her. I was like, geez, 23? Okay, so they're going to eat. They're going to eat Food Tunisia, um, and Food Tunisia is called B. and she was like, I don't know about this. It's got like an egg on it. But anyway, she says it's great. So then she mentions the background check. Now she is now speaking to him like Mother Chantel speaks to Pedro. Totally. She says, you work in TV program. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You tell me this, Mm-hmm. this not show up. I was like, why are you not talking like him? So, so he, get, he gets paid directly by his boss. So there's no record of it. And she goes, so if I looked it up, like your boss would appear. And he goes, yeah, yeah. You want the name of my boss? She goes, no. Okay, maybe. Um, So that I kind of understood like it could be, but he did look extremely nervous during this conversation. And then she says, like, when you go to the U S you know, you have to have skills to get a job. Like, you know, you have skills, you can get job. And then he says, I work in the restaurant. I work in the coffee. I work so much work. So she's like, you know, we have to have a plan for you to have a job. You have to make money. You have to help out. And he says, you know, you know, it's no problem. You know, worry for this, no worry for this. But he does seem to be, not enjoying his uh, label of B because he's very, very nervous.
0: Well, he, he needs a hookah for this. I mean, when yes. you're talking to him, you need to give him a hookah and then you need to launch into, I had a girlfriend a year ago. I've been divorced three times. I'm still married 15 years, 15 years ago. Like, I don't think you have a job. I did a background check on you. I'm actually 57, not 47. Like he needs <laughs> a hookah. For any conversation, because he already has that stunned look on his face all of the time, but I can never tell what he's thinking, which also makes him mysterious. I'm really digging him, and something is very wrong with it. I know, right? Right? I know. I know, I see him and I'm like, "You know what? Yeah, I get it." Well, it's sort of how I feel about Tom. Oh god, Tom, I was so mad at him this week. I mean, are are you seeing he is playing with a little deranged mouse. He is a cat playing with a mouse who has many mental problems.
1: Yeah, so Darcy and Tom this week, they they get to the hotel and Tom tells her, "You know, this this twin thing is stressful." It really does set a bad tone. He's completely right. And he's completely in his rights to be like, "You know, this is not comfortable for other people and you know why has nobody ever told you this before so but you know darcy she's very calm when she's talking about this she was like she doesn't burst into tears right away she says you know stacy's acting very immature and she's just trying to like be cool in front of her fiance florian and he was like it doesn't matter it's not a competition and all that tit for tat is like exhausting for other people and you know you need to let her know like I'm here. This is making me very uncomfortable. And she was like, "Well, I tried that." So anyway, she goes to see Stacy for coffee. Is hey, Stace, hey, Darce.
0: Bam! You know it's on as soon as the
1: names are shortened. So Stacy says, you know, look, we should just be, enjoy our time here and have no drama. And, you know, Darcy's like, well, you know, this twin relationship that we have is making Tom very uncomfortable. And Stacey's like, I don't even know what he's talking about. Nothing bad happened. And maybe Tom's just not feeling your vibe and nitpicking you because he doesn't see it going anywhere. I was like, you know what? Shut up, Stacey. Yeah, exactly. I felt myself wanting to defend
0: Darcy, like hating exactly. Stace. And I was like, wait, where? Have we been punked? Is Darcy the one who is actually abused by Stace? Because not abused, but you know what I mean? Because we, I saw Darcy being so insecure with Stacey and thinking she was the more normal one, Stacey. I think maybe it comes from a place of being insecure because Stacey makes her feel that way. Because we saw yeah. it in action.
1: Yeah. Stacey's telling her like, you know, you have a finding, a, a way of finding these people that like to tell her you're the problem. But I mean, I was like, uh, exactly what you're doing. So Darcy's like, well, you know, Stace, your relationship is not perfect. You've been engaged. since the first time you met this guy, but you're still engaged three days later and three years later. Sorry. And Stacey goes, uh, yeah, we are still engaged. We're still engaged. We never broke up. We just we just take it slow. Right. Florian has to get over his like five year jaundice. Well, I mean, he's also uh, 12 years old. So <laughs> Stacey's like, you just need to relax a little bit, Darcy. So they're going to this, the fun, I mean, this was hilarious. So they go to visit this old market in a traditional Albanian town. So they're in another van. He says, you know, he does sometimes get car sick. It's very hot in there. He can't open the window. I feel this pain on this. I was like, I was, I was getting sick just looking at that. So he gets out of the car and he throws up. Me too. I felt the
0: pain too. We, have you guys ever
1: done one of those like
0: long van trips abroad or anywhere that's like remotely back roads?
1: I've done one when we had to get off um, when we were going on an Alaskan cruise. So I can't remember where, but we got off the plane somewhere and then had like a two-hour ride from the plane to wherever the boat was going to be. So we were on one of these buses that it was like a double. Like it had a bus, but then it had another bus attached to it, and there was like that swingy thing in the middle. And then we're on all these windy roads in Alaska, and they'd given us like, um, you know, the fancy um, bus people had given us these like gourmet lunchbox things. And I was like, I'm not even one to get car sick at all. But that swinging around being in the back of that bus. Oh, and it was fancy. And this was not fancy what they were doing. No, we have gotten as a family fully van sick in Costa Rica. Fun. Where
0: we had to (laughs) exit the van and gather ourselves in the jungle. (laughs) In the jungle on the side of the road while Skylar's throwing up. I'm half throwing up. I'm sponging everyone down with like hand sanitizer. It was really bad. We finally got to a rest area somewhere, you know, a stop along the way hours later, and we were green and disgusting. We'd all like puked all over ourselves multiple times, like wiped ourselves off with banana leaves. Who knows? (laughs) A woman from, and you'll appreciate (laughs) this, and I did too, Mississippi, saw me and was like honey, do you need drugs? And I was like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. What What do you you have? (laughs) Yeah. She was like, I have some for me. I have some for my daughters. She's like, this is some bullshit. And I was like, yes, it is. Thank you. She's like, we can't, they need to build some roads. I'm like, oh God, we were dying. So she gave us all like kids, Dramamine, adult, something
1: that was probably illegal.
0: We all just took it and moved on, but
1: Yeah. So you're like, here's here's Skylar, take this. I'm sure it's fine. It's
0: fine. It's fine. I don't, it has no label, whatever. We're We all just are, we're on death's door. So your brethren or your, your sister rather from good old state of Mississippi saved us.
1: That's right. The the, Southerner is helping you out. So yeah, anyway, here's the thing. After he gets out of the van and he gets back in, of course, he's like, I just kind of want to like sit over here and like, he wants to just like make it through the rest of the trip without throwing up again. And so she, but she's being nice. She's like, oh, can I do anything for you? Can I get you some water? She's trying to be nice. And he's like, I just need a little space. And so. Now, if, if stupid Stacy wasn't there, she would have been like, "Okay, you're right," and backed away. But then immediately, Stacy has to jump in with, "Jump in with like, oh, give it, give him some space." Jeez, blah blah blah. So Darcy's mad at her. He's like, "Got it."
0: I'm mad too. I'm mad at Stacy too. We're seeing Stacy's true colors.
1: Bitch. So they're out shopping, and Ton says, "After driving one hour in an army van, we arrive at a flea market." <laughs> 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 so he says he's bored. He wants, to, he wants to have a lone romantic time with Darcy, and, you know, he really is you know, regretting that he agreed to go to Albania. And so they go to dinner, and he just says flat out, like, you know, you change when you're with your sister, and it's not romantic, and I was hoping you we'd be on this romantic trip, and she goes, yeah, you're right, you know, I did this, this is my fault. And he goes, you know, just think, like, if we would have um gone to Grand Canaria, you know, she says, well, you would feel so much differently about me now. And she was like, you know, I fucked it up by involving my sister. And he goes, you know what? Now, this is where I've turned on Tom. I, it doesn't, I've turned back to Tom, but I turned on him in this moment. And he says, his parents got engaged there. And perhaps if it was a wonderful time, I, I, I could have asked you to marry me. And then he says to the camera, like, you get swept up in these moments. And it could have been, it could have been super romantic. And I just put, you know, Tom, that's not nice. You don't play with her open heart. Don't do that.
0: Bullshit. Exactly. I was so pissed at him. Now, we all know Darcy is a basket case. He knows, too. And this is why I've been arguing this all season long. This is not a stranger. This is not a blind fucking date. And he's also watched this show before, which is the reason why he's put, like, actor in his profile on Instagram (laughs) or whatever. Like, TLC (laughs) star, as if anyone knows who he is. This is such bullshit. Because he was, like, so not wanting any romantic moments with her when they were alone. In London, remember? I mean, he didn't want to sleep in the same bed as her, then he finally did, and he I'm got so kicked sorry. to the face. I'm
1: so sorry, have you forgotten the licking under the fingernails? That was romantic, that's right. Get it, get it under
0: there, get it real good under the fingernail. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, but he is just being a bastard now because he knows that she is on the edge at all times. She's a human on the edge, she really is. He yes. pushed her, he took his finger and boom, pushed her right over by saying that. Did you see her face? It looked like Dracula just got stabbed in the heart with a wooden
1: spike. I mean, she was like, (gasps) it was awful. And she says, I can't believe he told me that he may have proposed. Um, I lost out on the greatest day of my life. I should have never listened to my sister. This trip has ruined everything. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and then we see that clip. They see that clip from next week and she is full out smoking on camera and she has gone full uh what's the word i'm looking for bunny boiler uh glenn close she's gone she's gone there yeah she's 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 on the other
0: side like i said he took his finger he pushed her right over the edge and this is her on the other side of that cliff she's like i just think i'm not good enough for you she is losing it next week i was like oh god this is uh, just when you think it can't get any worse it does
1: It's his fault. It's his fault. Yeah. He should not have said that. He should not have said that. Bad, Tom. Bad. Bad. Bad.
0: Okay. Uh, Let's talk about Omar and Avery before we get to Angela and Michael. Michael. All right. Omar and Avery this week uh, were the the wedding of most girls' dreams. It was the (laughs) screenshots seen around (laughs) the world. Uh, Also, what I have now said will be our beachwear. What Avery and Mother Avery had to wear. Perfect.
1: Perfect. I went to get a sheet with a too small hole cut out in it so that only the most attractive parts of my face stick out and you won't see my double chin. You won't see any sort of side wrinkling. Yeah. Yeah
0: perfect. Who needs a lower facelift when you could just have like just the extreme inner circle of your face sticking out? Someone get this woman something that fits. I mean, she has to had to wear this twice. At least Avery's like you could see her beautiful face.
1: But I mean, Avery's like help your mom out. Like you've got a million of these hijabs. Give one to your mom before you go over to the mosque where you know they're going to put her in this get up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is where people are like you are not respectful we're watching 90 fucking day fiance everybody we're on the same page here this shit is hilarious because it is their tradition it is a cultural thing however you cannot tell me that that camera crew weren't laughing their asses off when this was going on just the shots they were getting and playing the clown music in the background tells us <laughs> everything we need to her know hair
1: wasn't her hair wasn't even covered
0: it was so bad. Okay, first of all, before that we even get to this just complete fuckery, they have to get the paperwork signed at the very last minute. Thanks to Mom. Thanks to Valerie Bertinelli for the win again. These two again. can't get anything together. Omar has done no planning. I mean, I really liked him at the beginning, and now I'm like, he's kind of feckless. Like, he does not—he doesn't really take initiative on too much, even though they have flown the whole way there. I mean— He could have at least Googled some shit and set it up beforehand so they could get
1: married with ease. Um, First of all, kudos on the use of the word feckless. Thank you. But so she's like, you know, Omar has to find out the time they're going to get married, but they have to do all this stuff with the documents and whatever. And she's like, I mean, you know, my mom's leaving, blah, blah, blah. And then she says to the camera, like, I mean, we're getting married no matter what. He's my best friend, my soulmate. And I love him so much. So I'm going to marry him when I want to. She is such a child mm-hmm. such a child. She's nineteen. We were all like that. Her mom sits her down and says, like you know um I, I i I had to I had to air my concerns with you. I know you weren't like happy about hearing that, you know, but you are my child, and you were my concern, so I had to tell you how I felt when they'd had the argument the night before, and every says, "Well, you know what? Omar is my concern now, and I don't want to hear anything negative. Oh my God,
0: yep." I don't want to hear anything negative. It's what we all said about our boyfriends at 19. Like, I know he just got out of jail, but I don't want to hear anything negative.
1: Yes. And that's exactly what I was thinking about. I can remember a time when I was no lie, like eighth grade. And I was like, you know, punished. Or my mom said I couldn't do something because I had to do my homework. I don't know. And my boyfriend was about to go out of town for a week for Christmas or something. And I was like, well, then I won't get to see my boyfriend. He's going to be out of town for a week. Um, I think it was Dale, and she goes, "Okay, Mary Payne, you know you won't get to see Dale for a week. It's fine, like you're 14 or whatever." And I was like, "You don't understand." <laughs> it was like the end of the world. I wasn't gonna see him for. I won't see him for a week, and you won't even let me go over there to like say goodbye. My mom's. If my mom's looking at me like, "You're my third daughter, and I'm not playing with this." Like, are you kidding? But I can remember that feeling of like the world is ending. This is my world. This person is my world, and I cannot. I'm going to do what I want when I want. I will see him no matter what
0: you know exactly even if i have to go live in syria and i'm not telling my mom about it until the last fucking minute unbelievable (laughs) okay so they get the paperwork signed they head over because they have to rush to the mosque the sheikh shows up in a full adidas sweatshirt or something and he is so kind to them again i really liked him last time and once again he's very kind to them um there's somebody else there was that like an assistant sheikh? like it was all i know
1: is he knew that terry was coming back and he asked them to sew that whole up a little smaller Seriously. so that her face really would not fit through <laughs> at this time.
0: The shots
1: of them in these cloaks. Okay. I know and don't ones... forget, and don't forget Avery had to cover up her uh, cross tattoo.
0: Okay, she to co- yeah, she put cover up on her cross tattoo, which I understand. Okay, so she got that. She got that all covered. But she's wearing this beautiful hijab. She's wearing the beautiful dress that we saw her pick out that took so long to pick out, but it was appropriate for the wedding, and then they give her a Harry Potter wizard's cloak when she gets there that is like a brown gunny sack to throw over the whole thing and they never let her take it off.
1: Yes. So that's yes, at the end they were like, well, I guess in the lobby we can take some pictures of you in your dress. I was like, how much did that dress cost? I know. It was so pretty and it was so perfect and the coloring was so great and she had the hijab that matched it perfectly and then they walk in and like, yeah, and then they're like, here's this brown pointed head. I don't know. I, I really... I'm going to come up with the exact right, what it, it looks like, because it's not quite Harry Potter.
0: It's like Little Red Riding Hood, but depressing. Right. Not not red. But she is, is actually like, I can't, she's, her head sinking back in it. It's going over her face. She can't see where she's walking. Meanwhile, Mother Avery is just like, oh my God, she's staring at her like, what is happening? And Omar is saying, it's for the bride. It's for the bride. It's, it's like an honor. It's a tradition. Like,
1: this is... They're doing it in a parking lot, though. I mean, it's like, put this on in the parking lot. I mean...
0: This is so crazy. So they get inside and poor Mother Avery is given the the even tinier hole situation. She covers up and they are sitting side by side looking like what, okay, the funniest meme I found about this. And guys, you know, if you watch this and you were on Twitter or Instagram, you saw probably a thousand of them. It says worst production of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets ever. (laughs) It's Mother Avery like peeking out of her little tiny hole, staring at Avery and Avery just staring forward, looking like. She needs a goddamn wand in her hand, Uh, but the worst is yet to come because Avery's mom is completely cut out of the ceremony. Number one, and then
1: Avery is cut out of it. Right? So first thing they say is, you know, they have to have a witness. And so she says me, I'll be the witness. And they're like, no, no, no. And Omar explains like, you can't have a woman to be the witness. It has to be either one man or two women that would equal the one man it's written in the, in the Quran. And, um, She's like, she's like, say what? And the guy's like, no, it's written in the Quran. And her mom goes over, leans over to Avery and goes, "You're joining this?" And she goes, "I already joined this. What do you mean?" And thanks to be to God, I did. I mean, her- she's such a child. So. Terry says, you know, again, like she said before, I'll be interested to see what she thinks about this in one year. I can't imagine she's going to be okay with being told that she's less than someone else. So they're they're doing going through the ceremony where uh, now Avery cannot be in the ceremony because she doesn't speak the language. So it is Omar holding hands with the witness or the sheik. And they say, can you confirm the dowry is 6,000? And I was like, what happened to 15? No, remember, she said it was going to be six because the oldest daughter... His oldest sister, that's what she got.
0: Oh, I thought it was 15. No, that's what they started with. They started with 10, and then Uh they agreed on 6. Okay. Anyway, the important part is that the Sheikh and Omar are trading vows, while the two cloaked women sit there and have no participation in this at all. Because Avery doesn't speak the language, and so the Sheikh has to be her representative and literally trade vows with her husband-to-be.
1: I mean, her mom, you know, Avery's like embarrassed because my mom's being rude. But I was like, your mom can't breathe. Your mom has got no way to breathe. She's got to be a woman of a certain age in a full sweat. <laughs> <sighs> um, anyway, the mom says, so you're getting married without uh, even being a part of your own wedding. I mean, it's so strange. So, so they get done. So they go out for a celebration dinner. So now in my mind, I'm like, they are now married, have still not even kissed each other. So they're going out for a celebration dinner. So I guess they're planning it after Terry leaves, they're really just gonna get it on and maybe be like Timothy and Jennifer and go to second base. So they go out for the celebration dinner, and you know, she's telling her mom, I'll see him in July in Syria. I'm gonna go to Syria with his sister. And she says she's moving there, but you know, probably not permanent. And mom goes, Okay, once again, she this is her this is her thought process. Do you think? it's a good idea to move somewhere where it's not safe and you don't speak the language. And then he says, well, she's going to be with me because she's my wife. And he looks at her with a smirk, like, now what are you going to do? Yeah. I didn't like that look. I didn't like that either. And she said, you know what? If I wasn't here, you would not even be married. Boom. Truth. They couldn't have done anything without her. And she goes, Avery, you think you're responsible enough to live in a foreign country. You can't even go to the ATM without help. You can't talk there. You can't work there. Are you just supposed to be a housewife? She is spitting truth bomb after truth bomb.
0: I love her. I don't care how many haters are out there. Mom for the win she is protecting her daughter. The viewing audience would be full on hating me because I would have been way more hardcore than this. I mean, I'd be adult kidnapping Avery right back on the plane and going home. This whole Syria thing. I mean, the fact that she breaks down and starts
1: crying and then leaves, she really is scared. She did not know beforehand. She This was totally um, pounced on her. And she says, all right, Mom, don't be too worried. I'm going to feel safe if I'm with Omar. And Mom's like, oh, okay, because it's better there now, right? They're not really gassing people anymore. And Avery goes, well, I'm kind of going to go regardless, so... And Avery goes, I'm ready to, you know, Mom, Terry's like, I'm ready to go to the airport and gets up. I mean, it's awful.
0: Here's the thing. We don't know the truth about what Omar's situation is in the town he lives, where his family is. However, from an outsider's perspective, and that's all that Avery's mom has, and that's all that Avery has, truly,
1: except for what Omar tells her, it's scary, you know? He hasn't, he has it said none of that happens in my town. No, he has fully said we have days with no power, no water. And, and he has said he's worried about her moving there. Like she won't be able to hack it. I know. Like it. So even if it's not
0: truly dangerous, maybe in the the area he is, it's going to be hard. There's going to be major hardships and Avery is not ready for hardships. In any sense no, i mean can she even is
1: figure out how to get a marriage license no she cannot know, figure jack
0: squat out and also like oh uh, i don't know if this is where i start to question why does omar not have anyone in his life who traveled to lebanon with him do you know what i mean like we don't truly see a lot of people on this show who literally have no one from first episode to last
1: Well, she does say that she's going to go to Syria with his sister. So um, that makes me wonder, is the sister going to come to Lebanon and meet her? And then the two of them are going to go to Syria. She had a whole plan. I'm sure she has not booked a ticket. She has no way to make any money, but she's got this whole plan, which I think will never come together. But you don't think it's
0: strange that Omar, who couldn't even get together the planning of the wedding or how to get a license or where to go or like what to even do... Didn't have anyone with him, like a parent or a cousin or a friend even. Most people have someone. He had no
1: one with him. He's doing this all alone. Yeah, you're right. He could be anyone. She doesn't know him. Yeah, you're right. And he never even like, some, you know, made a call to a friend where he'd be like, hey, hey, man, I'm about to get married. I mean, he, you know, none of and he didn't call, you know, he's apparently got these sisters. He never called one of them either. Right. At the very least, we see a laptop Skype session
0: calling home, being like, I wish you could be here for my wedding day. I know I'm your only right. son or blah, nothing. It is giving me the creeps. And I can't believe I just noticed it. Well, me me too. He talks to no one. Could be pulling a cement. He could have another wife. I mean I'm just like I'm questioning everything about him now. He seems like a lovely person. He seems like, you know, he says he's gonna be a periodontist, very successful, that's great. However, him being completely isolated is sketch.
1: And how do we know about this dentist situation? We don't. Like I mean,
0: we have no way to confirm it. Avery doesn't know how to do anything. Neither of them. Oh, God, it's bad. Oh, my God. I know that they have an online store now. I hope that's going well. I hope it's more real than Nicole's makeup store. (laughs) There seems to be products
1: in the store. Now I don't know there are products. Okay, let's talk about Angela and Michael. All right. So I'm not going to be able to do a lot of Angela impressions this week. She was very calm. She was, except
0: for in her talking head interview, which
1: was hilarious. Oh, if you don't think I rewound that so I could get it <laughs> verbatim, then you don't know me at all. So she calls him and she says she wants to meet up. She says, you know, look, I'm sorry. I smashed that cake in your face, um, which is a great way to start the conversation, which he he doesn't even really care about that anymore. He got over it. And she says, you know, people that love each other don't treat each other like this. It's a constant battle. And, you know, he admits I've lied I've lied. You know, I've lied about things. And she and, and, and he says, just please find it in your heart to forgive me. And I promise you, from this point forward, I'm going to be honest. Now, we've heard this from Michael several times before. He's going to make it up to her. Angela is a beast, and she shouldn't have done that cake-in-the-face thing. And I think that was
0: largely for cameras. I really do. Yeah. However, she does admit also in her interview, like, you know, I'm getting mad about something as stupid as a girl on a boat or him not saying he was on a boat. But it's a pattern of him lying about everything. And so that's what I was saying before. I'm like, it's annoying when people are just lying for no reason.
1: Right. I mean, if you're lying about that, then you're definitely lying about the big things. If you can't even like get through a conversation about a little thing, that's not even worth lying about. Exactly. Right. Uh, So they go to see Mama Boo, (laughs) whatever
0: they her. I love her. I know. Uh. I was like, wait, flashback to Angela bringing her that Lord's Prayer purse. I'm like, where was that thing? I wanted that to be busted
1: out. Do you remember that? Yeah, beautiful, beautiful bag. Okay. No, she sold that. All right. So they're going to see Michael's mom, and they tell her that they'd been in a fight. And the mom says to Michael, like, what did you do? And he says that he had lied. And the mom says, look, you can't lie to her. Honesty is the most important thing. I mean, you can lie to strangers, but not to Angela. I was like, "Mm, (laughs) what? Mm, (laughs) Like, wait, what? You can lie to strangers, just not to this one. Oh, so the mom says, you know, he really loves you. So what are your plans for children? They have this whole conversation about, you know, he's the only one of her children that doesn't have a child. And it's very important in their culture to have one baby. And Angela says, look, I'm going to try every way I can. And then she explains about the egg totem and her daughter. Yep. And she says, so Michael will be sleeping with your daughter. <laughs> she asks if Michael's going to sleep with her daughter. Totally straight face. Like, oh, so Michael will be sleeping with your daughter. And Angela's like, what? Hey no 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 the mom says look i know it's hard to task a woman over 50 to get pregnant much less carry and birth the child and so you know if it won't work with the getting pregnant so angela will just have to release you so you can have another woman to have the baby so she's implying that so she's implying that he can have a baby with someone else but then michael and angela can keep the baby right she's like no 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 i don't do that and um Michael says, well, sometimes people in Nigeria do this. And she goes, I'm not Nigerian. And I don't believe in that. Then she says to the camera, I've never heard of such shit. Who does that? Who goes and has a baby with someone else? And by the way, who's going to raise it? Because I'm not. It didn't come out of me. And I didn't have no fun having it. I'm not taking care of someone else's baby. And no, I'm not. And no way. And she waves her arm around like she's bringing an airplane in. No way! <laughs> I died. Oh I kept rewinding God. that and rewinding that. It didn't come out of me, and I didn't have no fun having it. I didn't have no because most of us have a lot of fun having it. Believe I me, got, that's the that's the most fun part. So, Angela <laughs> says, you know, maybe it's just not in God's plan that they have a baby. But he says to him, and I could not believe he said <sighs> this: having a child is more important than going to the United States. He did say that. I was like, boom, boom, shocked.
0: Yeah. Wow. hmm And so her fears are real. She thinks that he is going to use her to get over to the U.S. and then divorce her when he gets his change of status green card, as we call it, and go find another hoe. To have a baby with. Yep. Absolutely,
1: that's his plan. Yeah. So, I mean, why is she crazy for thinking that? So, for next week, we see Akini gets real drunk at dinner. Yeah. And Ben says, this is just not the kind of girl I'd want to marry. And she's like, woo! I'm drunk. I mean it's- she probably had like half a margarita i mean the poor girl <laughs> pretty funny um we of course see caesar says, i've got to now start saving my money so i can fly to the ukraine to get maria um jennifer and tim have a fight she this time she doesn't call him a pussy she calls him a coward right and he says well maybe we shouldn't be together and then they have a you know storm off in the bar and uh angela yells at michael Get ready for your ears. If I can't have a baby, you would have sex with another woman? If you ever think I'd let you fuck another bitch, you got the wrong one. (laughs) I love, as our listeners
0: have said, that you're just leaning right into the cussing now. Because you have to imitate Angela, and
1: you know that she's got a mouth on her. I would never say in a moment of anger to anybody, if you ever think I would let you fuck another bitch... I don't care how mad I was. I would never say that. You don't get angry and say that to your husband just because. Yeah, you got the wrong one. So um, Zed needs money for something, and Rebecca thinks he's shady. But if I had to predict, this is probably some situation where he's trying to buy her a ring. Right, because she says, what do you need the money for? And he goes off for something. Yeah, and then she's like, It's shady. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. And then Darcy gets shit-faced, and Tom is
0: horrified. Oh, my God. <laughs> I cannot wait. Darcy's ash on the end of her cig, it's like a Virginia Slim for an inch up, and then it's just a fucking Marge Simpson's cousin's, or sister's ash the whole way. Have we seen her smoke cigarettes before? No. I think, but this is like the Real Housewives of New York or anything else. It's like they're all smoking it up off camera, and then in mm. the moments of real desperation, they're just like fucking sparking it up on camera because they're done hiding. And she's also hammered hammered exactly i mean angela is the only one who we see constantly with just the smoke in her hand she just gives not two shits you know like she she's fighting nigerians who are trying to steal her car with the smoke in her hand but darcy yeah she is shit-faced smoking doing the side drunk girl lean like hey, hey, hey. you know it's <laughs> just really i don't bad. know
1: if you, i don't know i don't think you listen to my my favorite murder as religiously as i do no but K- uh, karen is a uh in recovery and has been for you know 15 20 years whatever and she but she's so funny when she'll talk about drunk karen and every so often she'll just sort of go into it and she'll be like let me tell you something a secret listen this guy is he really liked me and then she goes into this whole (laughs) it's hilarious and that just reminds me of darcy like i just gotta tell you something she's like leaning over with that cigarette
0: (laughs) tom's like i'm not really thrilled with darcy's behavior
1: it's like oh, shut up tom shut up whatever they should have gone to grand canaria
0: yeah exactly where he could have ignored her one-on-one all right let's talk about love after lockup
1: Here all right we go. ready who do you want to start with we gotta start with the new people
0: Oh my God. There are songs involved there. Uh, her name is Glorietta. There's a mama Glorietta who is MVP. All right. Give us the four one one.
1: Okay. So, um, they're showing her, you know, she's on the phone talking to him like that. That's how she talks. And she's really not very bright. And she says that they've been dating for almost a year and he is her hashtag everything. And his name is Um, Alex, right? Alex. He's 28. She's 34. Um, he's in there for identity theft, you know, burglary. And she says, you know, he's in there for breaking parole and burglary and falsifying checks. But I mean, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. So he didn't do anything wrong. So she's telling him all about the clothes she got him. And she says, you know, she met him because her cousin was in jail. And when she went to see her cousin in jail, she met him that way. I mean, as one does classic love story. So they're on the phone and he sings her a wonderfully horribly song. <laughs> and she's like, Oh my God, baby, you could be the next Justin Bieber. <laughs> and I don't know what I don't know what the song was. I just wrote it was horrible. It's like, um, baby
0: girl, when you smile, I want to get a tattoo. I don't know. It's really <laughs> bad. And she's like, Oh God,
1: baby, I can't wait to see you. Actually, that was Lacey Voice. Um, it's pretty similar Lacey's is straight through the nose um but glorietta's is vocal fry but just not straight through the nose right like half nose yeah yeah so she says you know i love to go on dates on boats or trains and cars. Um, and it's probably because I was a car show model. So I dated a lot of guys that were like in car clubs, like with tattoos and on drugs. So now I've been celibate for five years. It's so romantic because we can only lock hands on the window and we can't kiss. But he proposed to me on one knee on the other side of the glass from the phone in prison. Yeah. And now she's got a bedazzled hot glue gun. Oh, wedding.
0: Planner book.
1: This was epic. She whips out her wedding book. She says, I have collages in here about my vows and uh, the wedding planner and the tablecloths and the gown and the venue. And I'm hoping for a ring that's white gold with diamonds. And there's no limit to the sky when it comes to choosing your dream wedding.
0: (laughs) It's just like words thrown into a sentence. Don't worry about the order. It doesn't matter. Just say, Just throw them in there, Glorietta. She is nuts or acting extremely nuts and stupid, like extra stupid for the cameras. I can't figure it out. I mean, her mom yeah. is not stupid. Her mom has a brain in her head. So I, I don't know what this is all about. I do think they're pulling in this couple because Andrea and Lamar are going to go bye-bye. Yeah, because I'm not sorry, getting... Lamandre. I was I was doing a flashback to Andrea and Lamar from Utah. Okay, oh, please, please, the, the spinoff we need. Okay, oh my so, god, totally.
1: So she's been hiding some of her details about her relationship from her mom, Alice, who's a hero. And so they're going to the the vet, and she tells her mom, you know, she's engaged to Alex, and her mom's like, why? And she goes, he's being released. Um, He has pretty eyes, a nice body. He has cool tattoos. He can also sing really nice. And he writes me like cards and poetry. (laughs) Her mom, mom flat out. Sounds like some bullshit to me.
0: She's like, he comes from a nice family. And her mom's like, Ted Bundy comes from a nice family. I don't want her to be a skin suit somewhere. I'm like, oh, my God, this actually reminds me of Mother Erin. My mom used to use the Ted Bundy line all the time on me. And ah. I was like, what's that all about? What is this all about, Mom? She was, like, terrified that everyone was a serial killer, probably because I was born right in that era. I'd be like, yeah, they're really nice. and blah, blah, blah. She's like, Ted Bundy's nice. Ted Bundy was nice. Ted Bundy was attractive. You're
1: like, who is, th- who is this Ted Bundy guy, and how can I meet him? He sounds nice and attractive. So when she busted out the Ted Bundy line, I was like, ah, memories. Um, I would like to... um Go back on something I said eleven seconds ago. Um, Alice is not the mother's name. The, I, I that was a typo. The mother's name is Tammy.
0: Tammy. Okay. And aren't they in a dog grooming place? Or are they at the vet? <laughs> Listen, I know
1: that I'm about to get a dog, but I don't know the difference. Okay.
0: I think they're in a groomers anyway. They both need, some, you know, whatever. They're they're somewhere where a dog is involved, but they're having this conversation as if mom has no idea why they're on camera, that the show is called Love After Lockup, and she's just finding out about this guy that she's allegedly engaged to in prison.
1: Yeah. That, so that was a little setup, but I think Tammy's reaction was pretty genuine. They may have rehearsed it just a little beforehand, but then Glorietta goes to a pole dancing class and the whole time, everybody's like, you're so sexy. Oh, that's sexy. You can work it. You're so sexy. And she tells her friends that she's a recycled virgin. So right, right.
0: right. She's been with, you know, celibate for five years. Uh uh Okay. And she's in true love after lockup tradition. She has to practice sex beforehand. I mean, how many times have we seen this? It's like how many women have to go to
1: classes before the guy gets out of prison? (laughs) Will she will she take a jizz blanket and do it on the ground with him right when he gets out? Oh my god! Or will she offer a stake or a blowjob and get denied?
0: So <laughs> speaking of, let's talk about Angela and Tony Tommy. Who you guys? If you want to hear some intel about Tommy, who is from Mississippi and has friends in common with Mary Payne, if you want to hear this, you got to join the Hey Bunky Patreon because we uh, do a little dishing on him. And I think it was last episode, last week's. Anyway. He is involved again because Angela
1: needs to go find Tony. <laughs> she's like, are you busy? <sighs> nope, he's not. He's just running a successful therapy practice in a grenade, but he's not busy. So Exactly. But this is after the U.S. marshal calls Angela. Do we really think a U.S. marshal called Angela? I do, because I think that she's his, you know, she's who's responsible for him. She's the one that picked him up. She's on all the forums of take. She's the person that took him to the halfway house. So she's not responsible for him. If he escapes, she's the person that they know can get in touch with him. So she calls Tommy and says, Tony has escaped from the halfway house. (laughs) Not to be confused with the singers, the girl group escape. Um, (laughs) And she says, listen, you know, I know that Tommy is uh, jealous of Tony, but, you know, he's going to have to go with me to Tupelo. Okay, let me give you some journalism here. He got off the bus in Jackson. They went to a steakhouse in Starkville. Then from Starkville, they went to Tupelo because now she's saying Tupelo is where the steakhouse is where the halfway house was. So Jackson to Starkville is a couple of hours. Starkville to Tupelo is about another hour. Okay, just letting you know, this is a full tour of Tupelo, birthplace of Elvis. Okay, Um, so she gets a call from the federal marshal, blah, blah, blah. So the federal marshal says he has to be back in the house within 72 hours of when he left. And if he gets back within those 72 hours, so now we think it's probably been about 48, um, there's a good chance that they'll drop the charges. So she she tells the marshal, like, I'm going to do his best. So they're going on an adventure. So Tommy says he's always up for an adventure. And um, Angela says, who runs away from a halfway house, that dumbass? And he goes, goes, well, who chases him?
0: Exactly. (laughs) Boom. Burn from Tommy. Angela also tells the cameras, if Tony doesn't turn himself in, he's going to get extra charges
1: charges not extra charges how about brand new charges
0: oh my god this woman so she actually seems like she's slightly coming to her senses in the car with tommy but not quite like she's starting to question like why am i chasing this guy because he's like what are you doing like what is happening to you why are you embarrassing yourself at this level don't you see like a light sort of come on a little bit
1: well, she's trying to talk it through. She's saying like, "I don't know. It's 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 like he has no respect for me or his freedom. Why do I give a shit about him, Tommy?" <laughs> Tommy's like, "I don't know." Tommy's like, "I don't know, but I am here to make you an honorable woman." She but nope, she doesn't want that. She doesn't want him. <laughs>
0: Oh my God! All right, so they're on the run. We gotta t- We gotta get through these. Lacy the and lamb. Sh- on the lamb. Lacey and Shane are at the beach, where Shane is dreaming of buying a beach house and living with Lacey for the end of time. And they kiss at the beach. Still no sex. They are wearing matching puka shell necklaces. Yes, which is yes. incredible. And again, love after lockup delivers on every fucking level, including the matching puka shell necklaces. He is planning another day of jerking it because she has no plans on sleeping with him.
1: <laughs> oh my God. And she, they're laying on the beach and she's like, I'm falling in love with you. And he says, I'm falling in love with you too. We've only known each other three days. What? That's
0: so she stupid. says, she
1: says, we never had sex, just an automatic connection. Right. And meanwhile, she,
0: her phone's blowing up like at every second,
1: but they do talk about his malicious wounding charges. Mm hmm. So, a bad guy, a really bad guy, showed him some naked pictures on his phone of we assume was like his girlfriend, okay, I went to uh child stuff, oh, see, I think it was like his girlfriend, oh okay, so we don't we don't know they blurred it out, they blurred it out, okay. so a really bad guy showed him naked pictures of of somebody, and he said he had to take justice into his own hands. He lost his cool. He struck the guy a few times, but he lost his eye. Uh, A lot of eye loss on these shows. Yeah, same as John and Rachel. There's a lot of people walking around with one eye, victims of Sharp Entertainment's cast members. He said he was just 17 at the time, but the other guy didn't even get charged. Well, the other guy lost his eye. <laughs> I know. The other guy lost his eye, it, which, okay, so he got locked up for this. It was a crime.
0: And, but Lacey's like, yeah, well, you did what you had to do. I'm glad you did it. And they're like, yeah, it brought me here to you. Like, taking that guy's eye out brought me here, so I'm happy for the broken road. God bless it. Whatever. Uh-huh. And this is making me think, though, it was a really, like, nasty picture, like, of a minor, of Shane's sister. I feel like it was something a little bit more horrible than just like a naked picture of his girlfriend or something. That's where my mind went. Cause it seemed really dark.
1: Yeah, it did. It did seem what, because she was like, I want you to really tell me what happened, but it seems like we already knew what happened. He was defending himself and he picked up a malicious wounding charge. But so when she's like, I want you to really, really tell me the story, which of course I'm sure she, he had already told her. Um, I guess this was sort of a way to, to set it up. Like he's actually a really good guy and he really was doing a good thing. Whereas John, the guy that's purling to her house in a couple of weeks, you know, is in there for drugs or whatever. I think this is the way to spin it. That Shane is the better choice, Which, you know, I haven't seen John yet. So I'm holding out. I'm holding out judgment. Yeah. And so what well, Shane follows up with though, well, do you have anything to tell me?
0: And Ooh. it's like, uh, yeah. Producers told him, make sure you ask. Right. Make sure. Exactly. You ask her. Exactly. Don't just rely on your puka shell necklaces to carry your love.
1: <laughs> so he
0: asks her, "Do you have anything to tell me?" And she's like, "Well, I like sort of was dating this guy, and when he gets out into it, and she just like goes in this roundabout thing about she's like with another guy." Bottom line, he sucks his teeth so hard it is like fire marshal Bill, like me, like. Did you, did you hear and see that I teeth suck?
1: And I heard it, and I was thinking, what is that noise?
0: It's a teeth suck heard round the world, is what it was. And I was like, whoa. And he basically is like, oh, well, there it is. But he doesn't scream at her or go crazy. He just sort of accepts it, and they cut to next week in the previews. Like They don't really follow
1: through with an argument or anything. Well, she says to the camera that she's known John for 15 years. Yeah. She tells Shane she met him about a year ago, and he proposed. And she she took the ring, which means she accepted the proposal, and he's getting out soon. And then she says, he wants to pursue me when he gets out, so I have to see where it goes. And then he says, well, I don't know what to say. Has he been there? Has he supported you? I mean, all the stuff we did in these last three days and your feelings for me. And now you tell me you want to pursue someone else. How would you feel if I told you that? And then she says, that's why she wanted to wait to be intimate. And he says he's about to parole to his dad's house and this is going to be tough for me. Yeah, it is going to be tough. All right. Someone who it's also tough for is a
0: puppy's mom. We gotta talk about Puppy's mom and puppy's house, where serial killer vibes have now gone from just uh, <laughs> like an assumption to the real thing.
1: We need a we need a legal analyst to weigh in. I I I, I don't quite understand. Okay, so all right. So she's so so Amber's talking to Kathy, Puppy's mom. Kathy has now, I've noticed, about 100 bruises and track marks on her arm. But okay, all right, allegedly. So th- Kathy's not doing well. So Amber says this whole thing is awkward, and she says he's a good-looking guy. He has intelligent conversations. But now she's wondering, like, why would he want to be with her? Didn't they go into this whole thing that if I we rounded it 100 times, I'm still not going to understand how he wanted to adopt her, to use her as a dependent and claim her on his military check. Okay, so this is tax fraud. So And this is also him explaining it on camera later. Right. So so she's she's discussing it. So Kathy then said, I guess Vince could adopt my daughter. I mean, that's just some these are red flags. And I was like, Kathy, your teeth are a red fucking flag. Anyway, Kathy <laughs> says <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. Total sidebar. So Kathy then says, Vince adopted my daughter.
0: What the fuck is going on? Vince adopted puppy.
1: We missed two hours of conversation in the middle. I don't... (laughs) Okay. So then she says to Vince, now, how is it that you adopted my daughter? And Vince explains with his eyes at half mast, if you have dependents, you can get more money. So me and puppy and Amber thought it would be a good idea to get that money. Now, the adoption did go through with puppy... But I can't get my assistance because she's incarcerated. Oh my god! So Kathy's like, "Well, I don't have any money to put on her book, so I guess it's a good idea." Yeah. What
0: the fuck? She just accepted that? Like that? Boom. Okay, fine. So is Vince his own
1: father-in-law? What's happening? How do you adopt someone who, number one, Amber has a a, a prison mom who's alive, and Puppy has a meth mom who's alive. Exactly. <laughs> Puppy's mom. Can you just decide if you're 19, I don't, these are not my parents anymore. I'd like to get some new ones. Can somebody adopt me? Because now I'm over age of 18. Can, can you adopt me? Can I adopt you? I mean, what are right. the rules
0: on this? I think puppy is older than Vince also.
1: Well, oh, I don't, well, maybe because Amber's 34 and Vince is 30. So yeah. Right. And then they just go right into the conversation of like, hey, are you feeling more comfortable today? You guys need to be more touchy feely with each other. And then they, I was like, are we glossing over? This horrible, horrible abuse of military benefits. Like, what? Yeah, and when Vince explains it, the fact that she accepts it so readily, she's like,
0: all right, then. Well, I guess she can get some more ramen noodles. I don't know. Why don't you head in the house and see Amber?
1: She's your kid now. She's your kid. now." Um, <laughs> God,
0: this is so fucked up. Okay, what's even crazier though? You would think that this would be the lowest, most fucked up part of the whole scene with the, or the uh, series of scenes with them this week. No, it was Vince leaning <laughs> against oh. her on the bed. I tweeted out like, "No need to see it, chapter two, because <laughs> this is the most fucking, this is the scariest shit you will ever see on right. screen. Yeah, he leans in and he's like, "Hey." <laughs> 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 His breathing alone. Then he's like, I really do love you. She is leaning so far into the pillow, looking. She can't even look at him. She is not making any eye contact. She has her cell phone against her chest like you do when you already have the nine and the one pressed. And you just need to hit the other one. Mm -hmm. Mary Payne. These two... It's the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen.
1: Oh, she's leaning on the bed just trying to like check her text or whatever. And he comes in and assumes her exact same position. Like he molds his body in a in a L shape right up against her. And she's like, uh, sc- uh, excuse me? Talking about personal space. Jeez. And he's leaning over like, just want to let you know that uh, I'm ready to get, you know, uh, touchy-feely and whatever the woman outside that may or may not be my mother-in-law adoptive daughter's biological mothers. She told me I should come in here and uh give you a little snuggle. So I want you to know that I'm going to push for a full-time gig here in Georgia so I can be with you. And she's like, this is a lot. It's a lot to take in at one time. Like lean over.
0: It's a lot of breath on my neck. It's a lot of leaning. It's a lot of you wearing the same exact color t-shirt as me. They were wearing the same outfit. I'm like, what is happening? He had a full jug of water with him to douse out the fire he was going to set in the back and the grill. This guy is so scary. He he doesn't have a lot going on upstairs. I don't think he is necessarily sinister, but he is still scary.
1: Um, I'm not really sure if he's not sinister because, and once again, I did at the beginning think maybe he was just like a court of a dope, you know, like, but now, now that we know that from, Prison. He's planning to adopt two grown women to make a harem. And it's like a little bit of a cult leader situation.
0: It's like kind of a janky, like dumb cult leader, but it still is kind of like that. Oh my God. All right. So, yeah, he is about to get, he needs to get, he's going to get tased at some point. Like he is all up in her personal space in a weird way. And she does not look like she's going to be having it for too much longer.
1: He might tase himself. He might tase himself. (laughs) He might.
0: Okay. So let's move on to our last couple, Lizzie and Daniel, who finally get it on this week. Oh my God. In Broad fluorescent lighting in a laundry room.
1: Okay. So that he gets out of prison and you know, nothing had happened. So they're going to go to this public hot tub, hot spring situation. So he says, you know, last time he went to a hot springs, he was on meth and now he's sober and they are cute, you know, kind of snuggly up in the hot spring situation. And she's trying to keep her hair out of the water. And they seem like, all right, this is this is a lot of closeness for somebody who dated for one week three years ago, you know. So, you know, he says, I really want you to meet my family. And he really does envision them being married and having a house. And Lizzie just, Lizzie has now really ramped up her hatred for Teresa. I think maybe the producers picked up on it. And now they're really getting her to say a lot because she's like, Teresa's just a pain in my ass. I don't really want to meet the rest of your family. Yeah, but we find
0: out that Teresa fucking hates her, too. I mean, there's a reason for it. They obviously have no love for each other. Teresa really does not like Lizzie with her son.
1: Yeah, and I guess at some point we're going to find out why. Because, you know, I guess she thinks she's a drunk, but I don't think that's what it is. She drinks all night. She drinks all night. She's a drinker. So, he says, you know, oh, my family's going to love you. So, they are are at Lizzie's house. They have about an hour before um, they have to go to this event. So, they decide they're going to bone. So, they're in a full empty house that has couches and floors with carpet and bedrooms. Mm -hmm. So, they go in the laundry room and just start taking off their clothes. And they've made some sort of a pallet on the floor. So, they obviously planned it. I mean, there was already blankets on the floor. So he says she's a hot redhead, and they talk five minutes postcoital to the cameras.
0: And also, these are the same cameras that just filmed them boning in fluorescent lighting. I cannot believe you could face those same camera people.
1: And I mean, they only had the one hour. So the bone and the postcoital conversation all took place in this one hour. She has a black, black, blanket. Why can't I talk a blanket? God bless. Not to be confused with the jizz blanket on the cliff. This is a laundry
0: jizz blanket. She's got it wrapped around her.
1: But it's right by the washing machine, so at least that's better. They could throw it right in. True. So she's like, huh, wait, I don't know. I didn't think the first time would be on the laundry room floor. I mean, it was kind of (laughs) nasty. But then she starts going into, you know, it's different. The first time was awkward. Like we're trying to figure out what you, each other like. And, and she's trying to like have this deep conversation while she's trying to sexily smoke and like her green bra. And he goes, Lizzie's better than Susie Palm and her five friends. <laughs> yeah. His fucking oh. hand. I know this guy.
0: Oh my God. The only saving grace for him this entire episode is that it was very sweet in the first I don't know thirty seconds when his family welcomed him home, then everything yeah. fell apart after that, but I was like, "Oh, he does have people who love him. It seems like he has a lot of support at home, although Aunt Lisa went ham on him pretty much right away about the hunt
1: and bow. well, that's fine. I mean he has to he has to admit to what he's done, he has to make amends all that's part of his journey, and you know she did it because the camera's there, and they told her to um and you know they all they're all so Supportive, and we're so glad you're better, you know. And he says, you know, he really it d- does. He wants to lean, leave, have this like clean life. And the aunt does say, you know, just go ahead and tell me the truth. Did you steal the hunting bow? And he says, you know, he did. And what what happened to it? I pondered. I mean, it's years ago. It's over. And Lizzie's like, that was horrible that she did that out in the open. And somebody, a dad or an uncle or somebody was like, well, you know what? It takes a real man to admit it. And they're all very supportive. I agree. I think that was great. I think it was great.
0: But the bullshit happens when Lizzie goes to the bathroom.
1: God, the aunt is saying like, you know, I really like Lizzie. And, you know, and he explains like, she's really helping me a lot. You know, she's really made something of herself and turned her life around and blah, 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 which we know to be true. And then Teresa just comes out from the side and like, she
0: drinks. She drinks. This was like so inappropriate and so unnecessary. I'm like, your son has just returned home from prison, which I have relatives who've been in prison, like close relatives. We welcome them home. Everything's, you know what I mean? It's not saying you're a bad person. However, what are you going to be calling Lizzie out for? Who's in school? Who's trying, who is trying to better herself? Who knows what she's doing on the side with other guys? We don't know. Your son has like a freaking tattoo on his
1: neck and an umbrella under his eye. He's catching his tears because there's nobody there for him. And you're the mom. So shut up. I know. For real. I was like so mad at her. She was like, all y'all care about is getting drunk and drinking. And he's like, what? And, you know, poor Lisa's like, I thought we were talking about my missing uh, beau. So Lizzie's in the bathroom. She says overhearing that it really hurt her but then my tv glitched and she said something else but i didn't hear it
0: she said that she wanted to get out of there because she was like sick of them all talking about her in front of so she was like all right well we're gonna go and they're all like oh okay well bye or whatever and she's like she hates Teresa, and Teresa hates her and it's just not changing and this is why last when they all met with the two moms together and lizzie and daniel and daniel's like oh, i just hope they don't go across the table and attack each other it's
1: like he is an idiot
0: too <laughs> but whatever
1: he's, he's not he's very very uh, stunted yeah um, but you know next week we see you know Teresa's a bitch Lizzie's done um, and then let's talk about what we saw next week Cheryl has decided she's putting the production on lockdown to get away from me you're on lockdown
0: totally totally what's, what's she, she loses mad it oh, who
1: knows what she's mad about she's mad because he's on
0: tether and he's going to be with his mom and she's trying to steal the mom's husband and who knows <laughs> remember Kenny <laughs> Kenny I, I need to see Kenny next week
1: I hope to God we see Kenny, because I can imagine he's quite a prize if he's got these two women fighting over him. Oh, my Lord. All right. Well, you guys, we're at the end.
0: We did it. We did it. If you want to hear more recapping, remember, go over to Patreon.com slash Just so you know, we announced on HeyBunky last week when The Other Way, when 90 Day The Other Way ends, we are going to be picking up Below Deck And we are going to be moving more content over with that to recap on The Other Way. It's not been announced yet. We are deciding what it will be. However, we promise we will be giving you at least an hour every week of extra recapping goodness. And we will always take bunker requests at our highest level patrons, which is Nicole's Makeup Store, where you get something instead of nothing for your
1: investment. That's right. That's right. You get something.
0: That's right. And you can also visit Mary Payne's Patreon, uh, patreon patreon.com slash Pain in the Pod if you want bonus episodes and follow her at Pain in the Pod on all platforms. You can follow me at Erin Leah Martin on all platforms and join the Pink Shade with Erin Martin Facebook page and you can join the pink shade Patreon. If you want bonus episodes from me, extra interviews, recaps of weird stuff, documentaries, who knows what all kinds of things. This week I'm doing an episode on books I've been reading and some cheap beauty buys that I've come up with. I'm always like saving those tips up for you guys because I'm like, man, you know what? When I find them, I got to share. Anyway, tell us who's coming up on pain in the pod this week.
1: Did you want me to air my grievance to you of having a good time with Kim and Kyle and not including me? Um, on your Patreon. Were
0: you on the Patreon with them last time?
1: Listen, I interviewed them, and the, okay, so I did go on, but just Kim for the Patreon. I didn't get to do a recap with Kim and Kyle, and I feel left out. I didn't either. I was just with Kim. Oh, so calm down, were... Mary Payne. <sighs> okay, I take, I take, I take back everything I said. <laughs> I take, I take it all back. I'm gonna go right now and erase all my anger from the internet. Okay. Oh my god. Um, This week, let me tell you what, on Pain in the Pod, I have Kim Goldman of Confronting OJ, and it's really a great interview. I loved talking to her. She's a very, very interesting person, you know, despite all this tragedy in her life. She's, you know, she does all suicide prevention for teenagers, and she just is just a really interesting person who does good work. So we talked about the podcast, obviously, and then on Patreon, we talked um, a little bit about some more stuff that I couldn't get to on the podcast. So I've got her on my Patreon as well. And then next week I have um, room 20. Now a lot of you listened to room 20. I did. Wasn't it great? It was great. It was great. And it wasn't in my normal genre of true crime or reality TV. It was just an amazing story about this woman who was writing an article for the LA times about sort of people with the end of life and people that some people are just on you know, ventilators for 15 years. And she particularly follows this one story where she finds out somebody's identity and kind of reunites them with their family. And then there's other people that, she, it, I don't know. It's so fascinating. And I could have talked to her for six hours. She was so interesting and so lovely. And so my interview with her, her name is Joanne Farion. that is next week. But we've got Kim Goldman this week and then Room 20 next week. You got an awesome lineup. I loved Room 20. I loved it. I did, too. It was so moving. Kept telling her, like, how did this make you feel and how that make you feel? Because I can imagine she had a situation where her own mother had died. And I, you yeah. know who I loved in that podcast was Ed, the, uh, the guy from the South that was the head of the um, nursing home. Ed Kid Yes, I loved him, too. I agree. It's great. I don't know. I just, It was just really, really he really had a heart for people, and he knew something about every person in that nursing home, and it was very it was very sweet. Anyway, so Kim Goldman this week and Room 20 next week. All right, and you can find Paint in the Pod on all platforms, just like you can find Pink Shade with Aaron Martin. Thank you for being here. Thanks for sticking
0: with us. Uh, we'll be putting more content out next week. It's going to be a little sketchy in October with some travel schedules, but... We're always putting stuff out for the Patreon, even if we don't get a regular episode out here. If you are liking these episodes, if you're having fun with us, thank you for leaving us a five-star rating and review on Pink Shade over on Pain in the Pod. Thank you for leaving Mary Payne five-star ratings and reviews. It really helps get these podcasts, like we said, we don't know where, but somewhere on the charts, maybe like, you know, (laughs) in the hundreds. (laughs) So we love you guys. Thank you for everything, and we will talk to you soon. Bye, Bunky.
1: Adios.